Welcome to episode four of Sidewalk Skyline. Well, we're bouncing back and forth across Canada, exploring urban centers, and today we're looking at Edmonton. But we're also gonna have some quick looks at Toronto and Calgary. Hey, how many times in a major city have you been downtown and heard a street preacher? Well, God bless them for their courage, but sometimes you wonder if they're helping anybody or if they're hindering the proclamation of the gospel. Uh, there are some that do a wonderful job of capturing interest and, and actually leading people to a faith encounter in Jesus in a beautiful way. Uh, Bob Gall is an old friend of mine from Edmonton who gives street ministry legitimacy. There should be a reality TV show called Brother Bob. I guarantee you wouldn't take your eyes off as you followed him around. Uh, he's on some amazing adventures all the time. So let's go right now to an interview that I recorded in the spring of 2019 when he was visiting us here in Windsor. This is Bob Gow. So Bob, you've lived in uh, three major Canadian cities in the time that I've known you. You lived in uh, Toronto for many years, you yeah. lived in Calgary for many years, and you've lived in Edmonton for many years. If I think if we add that all up, it sounds like you're really old. But oh you're yeah, <laughs> I'm only half that age now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, major urban centers, and tell us when you lived there, um, you know, what, what years was that approximately, and and what were each of those seasons in your life about? What was God uh, teaching you or doing in you in each of the, the major cities? Oh, yeah. Well, when I was in Toronto, I was in the early 80s, so a lot of people maybe not even were living then, but uh, at that time, it was a big change for me because I went from this little town of St. Thomas, which was a big city when you compare. I was born in this little community called Rodney, a thousand people. I know people. Rodney. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from there to St. Thomas, which is big, to Toronto. And I think when we went there, uh, it was because the Lord had actually put in my heart that I was to go there. And it was the one city I said, I'll never live in Toronto. I hated Toronto. It's like, it's big traffic. Oh, no. When I got there, all of a sudden I realized that um, it's not just the masses. It was the individuals in a big city. And I think that's where God really did a work in my heart is in Toronto was a formation of how to get to relate to people individually in a metropolis. Mm -hmm. And I was introduced in Toronto to the multicultural urban center. Mm -hmm. um, went to a church on the south side, Queenswood Cathedral, and you went to church and there was like people from really all kinds of, not only parts of the city, all over the world were there. And I think that Kevin, Toronto taught me how to not get lost and how to build meaningful relationships in, in a large center. Hmm. Uh, one of the things that happened was uh, met some young adults there at that time and it was a thing, we're going to go to the streets, take him to the streets. And the streets in Toronto was so intimidating. We went right down to Dundas. We were right down the core of the city. And I remember uh, <laughs> one of my first uh, street meetings, taking me to the street. We put a um, projector up 
back then, okay, projector meant you put films on the top of <laughs> yeah. it and you showed the words and we used the side of a white building for our screen. So we had this, you know, five, six story screen and I'm trying to do some teaching there to talk to people about Jesus. And I remember my first time, this drunk, uh, fairly large bodied person came up, leaned on my projector and just literally <laughs> crushed the stand and everything. And my whole screen is going down off the side of the building, you know. <laughs> and you know what? The beautiful thing was that he wasn't like, he wasn't trying to be a disturbance. He just was into it. Yeah. And he and he was talking to me, and he didn't. He wasn't aware there was a crowd. Mm. But I think that's what happened with Jesus. A lot of times, Jesus forgot about the crowd, and he was talking to the Zacchaeus. Yeah. And the crowd all got to listen in awe. Mm. And I didn't get angry at that gentleman. Uh, that time he was he was gone. Like I don't know if he'd ever remember five minutes after what took place. But you know what? In that time, I know the love of Christ came to him. Hmm. And it wasn't a show. I wasn't doing it to kind of, hey, everybody, look how I'm doing. Yeah. It was just compassion. Bob, you've been a, a street pre preacher, and we'll come back to Calgary and Edmonton in a minute, but you've been a street preacher, uh, but I'm sure you've also walked down the streets and seen um, some street preachers that are really turning people off what what's the difference like you know the word preach itself it's, yeah. it's kind of a word that we just don't use anymore and i don't i understand why it yeah. means yelling <gasps> yeah i remember one time hey i was in windsor oh yeah i was in windsor and we were trying to have a meeting on a street somewhere and some guy was yelling Jesus loves you. And it was so loud. I was like, whoa. And the owner of the restaurant came out and said, hey, can you keep it down? <laughs> like, you know, the people yeah. in the restaurant. Were, and uh, and he goes, no. It was like it was his right to whatever. It was yeah. horrible. Yeah. What I ended up doing, and I forgot about this one. We went to Detroit River. Somebody had a boat, a yeah. great big sailboat, like a real expensive boat. We went out on the boat. Yeah. Just like the Jesus thing. And we're on Detroit <laughs> River on the boat. To me, my public, if we call it street preaching, it's more talking to people. Yeah. Not like this. Yeah. It's, it's not this pose. It's like like we're doing right now. Right, right. And I really believe, I guess the word street preaching, it's a tag that's put on, but I never think of myself as preaching at people. Right. It's more just sharing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the love, mm -hmm. sharing the truth. So, But it's in a public, informal setting. You uh, were in Toronto for all these years, and uh, and then you went to Calgary. What inspired you to leave Toronto the Great? Yeah, Toronto the Great. How can you get inspired to leave Toronto the Great, you know? <laughs> well, uh, we sure didn't plan it. Uh, I thought we were going to Uganda. We had applied to missions. We were approved. We are going to reopen a work in a city called Jinja. Mm -hmm. And I went to a conference, and somebody came from Calgary and said, Bob, would you consider coming as an interim pastor to Calgary and I was like no not really and I felt that night when I was praying at church no you're to go to Calgary my wife felt the same hmm. so we rented a U-Haul trailer we packed I remember 10 hockey bags full of clothing and gear 
through the trailer. We were only going for three months. Yeah. But ten years later, we were still there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the Lord many times doesn't reveal his will. He unfolds it. It's a little bit of a rabbit's trail, isn't it? Yeah. You know, in terms of where God will sometimes take people. Yeah, oh. you can't you can't flowchart it and predict it. Right, but you know when you look back, mm -hmm. I saw those years in Toronto the Great. Okay, prepared me and gave me the experience I needed to come into Calgary and to a new era mm -hmm. where we were not going to just pastor a church. During those ten years, we brought the Church of Calgary together. Uh, we had prayer marches. That was the, we moved from like street preaching from a local church to bringing the church together. Mm. Great celebrations! Oh, Kevin, it was like they were really phenomenal. Mm. Uh, never did you know this was like you know there was March for Jesus kind of thing. Yeah, and we'd heard of that. So this would have been nineties. Yeah, 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 into the nineties, and um, little by little, more and more churches began to cooperate till we had. Three, four thousand people hmm. would come into a a, a parade where mm -hmm. we would we would pray and we would start praying through the streets. Yeah, yeah. it uh, it had a great work trajectory. Yeah, the March for Jesus movement really was a global phenomenon, wasn't it? Yeah, where churches uh, it was a, a unity movement where churches were saying, "Hey, we we have Jesus in common, and we need to have a shared." witness to our world that we're we're one about this yeah um that those days uh kind of kind of came and went as a season oh it, it was but it was it was a specific time that the holy spirit again like before i went to toronto the great it was the jesus movement days in that little town with mm -hmm. the coffee house and uh it just seems there's been a theme in my life of taking Jesus from an established gathering into the population. Mm. Mm. And I think we're, we're moving into that, incidentally, mm -hmm. I feel again. But in Calgary, it was definitely a unitedness and prayer. And we had something happen never heard of before. But we found the city was divided into a hundred and some communities. Mm -hmm. We started to raise up who are the believers in each community. Mm -hmm. And we started to walk our streets in prayer walks. Mm -hmm. I'd never heard of prayer walks before then. So describe that. Well, versus a prayer march where everybody's coming to one place and we're having one route. Parade. Now, yeah. uh, we had uh, a time over 40 days. Everybody walked every street. We mapped out that every street in Calgary had somebody every day walking down the street. Mm -hmm. Maybe two, maybe three, maybe just by yourself. Yeah. And you're walking by and praying for the. The residences and the people who live there. Yeah. So they're yeah. they're walking through a community, not necessarily going up to people. There may be, you know, just a uh, you know a natural meeting of somebody, of course. Yeah. But yeah. that wasn't it. Wasn't like door to door. It was just walk the street and pray. Yeah. The churches here in Windsor have have done something similar called Pray in May, mm -hmm. and uh, and and the focus is on. Uh, prayer, but it's subtle, right? It's yeah. it's not a parade. It's not drawing attention to to us, uh, but just to quietly blend in and cover the city streets yeah. in prayer. Yeah. So um, Calgary, uh, and then uh, that 
season? Uh, what what was happening? Uh, you were you were pastoring a church in Calgary. I was pastoring a church in Calgary. These the prayer movement began. I got. I can't keep quiet on this one. Mm -hmm. Okay, we were doing a forty day prayer, like we were thinking, mm -hmm. and then we felt the Lord really prompting us. We were to have a prayer gathering on what's called Nose Hill. It was a high hill overlooking the city. Mm -hmm. So I went with a pastor to the city to get a permit. We found out, oh, well, that's a First Nations historical landmark. You can't mm. just go up there. The pastor I had with me was a First Nation pastor. Mm. And he said, oh, well, we'll make this a time of reconciliation. Yeah. And it was because to get a permit. So it wasn't like we had prayed and said, oh, God, we need to. It was like, we need a permit. Okay, well, let's do a reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was born out of getting a permit, but then we called six different nations together from the First Nations. Mm. We had the representatives from each of those nations come. Mm. On, the, on the night before, we had buses. We had thousands of people come to this hill. Mm. The night before, we had borrowed communion sets from churches all over the city. And we had this tent set up there. And we put all these communion sets in there. Mm -hmm. And my son was one of the watchmen who stayed up there at night. And uh, what happened was a bunch of people who were not believers came to do mischief mm -hmm. with the tent and the yeah. communion sets. Yeah. And my son was there. He was panicking like, yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah. He said, Dad, this big guy came riding up in a bike, dropped his bike, went over to these guys and says, what do you need? And they all scattered. And so we came out to see who it was. And this guy said, you guys okay? He goes, yeah. He goes, all right. He said he got on his bike and started right over the hill. We went to see him. And Dad, when we got to the top of the hill, he was gone. <laughs> Truth, I know myself, I'm making that up. Biker angels. Um, <laughs> right on. <laughs> <laughs> so, that next morning, we had those nations there. I remember Jim shot both sides. Mm -hmm. Old yellow woman. These are their names, mm -hmm. okay? And they represented different nations. Mm -hmm. Those nations all came together, all six of them, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with us as a church. We wept. Mm. We... I know this has happened other places, but it was pretty amazing to yeah. see the tears. Yeah. It was real. It wasn't a ceremony. It wasn't just for the crowd. It was I believe there was a healing yeah. that happened before God of mm. forgiving. Mm. And there was a release. There was a release that happened mm. that time. So that era, just before we leave Calgary to say, there was an era of the Jesus movement preceding that. Mm -hmm. This was a time of the church being drawn together, okay? Mm -hmm. And I think that's leading me to my next city. Well, let's go there. I'll tell you, this one was like, it was like going to Toronto. It was never something I wanted to. I went to preach. The superintendent said, Bob, we have a church. That need, could you go and preach for two Sundays while they look for an interim pastor? Mm -hmm. I said, okay. Went up there to preach in Edmonton, preached that Sunday. Um, 
that Sunday evening, they used to have Sunday evening services. Every church did then. And Sunday evening service, the head of the board came up and says, well, Bob, it's unanimous. You're the new interim pastor. I'm going, what? <laughs> like, oh, oh, no. Wow. And he said, well, yeah. Told. And yeah. I said, no, I'm just preaching for this Sunday and next Sunday. He says, well, we understood you were preaching for the call to be a the interim pastor. And oh. we voted. And oh. it's 100%. <laughs> and I'm going, oh. And I said, well, I, I got to pray about it. So you got a home in Calgary. I, You're rooted in Calgary. Yeah, we just yeah. built a new home. We, we just... <laughs> We're just like, you know, we're in there, and it's like, this is our, you know, and uh, I remember going to something we called Tehillah Monday. It was a young adult meeting, and I'm at the front just going, oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. And I heard, don't you ever say that you hate Edmonton. Now, you have to understand out west, mm -hmm. Calgary and Edmonton don't love each other a lot. Mm -hmm. Oilers, flames, mm -hmm. play against each mm -hmm. other. It's like, eh. yeah. I'm going, I won't go to Edmonton. Don't you ever say... Don't you say you hate Edmonton? Wow. Oh my God. He says, I have, listen to this, I have over 800,000 souls there. Mm. That sentence, I have over 800,000 souls. I began to weep once again. Hmm. My wife is not far away. I turned to her and said, Karen... We're going to Edmonton. She looked at me. I know. We went to Edmonton. That was 20 years ago. Hmm. And uh, once again, there's something that is now beginning. And it's not Edmonton. It's But in the urban centers, mm -hmm. like beginning Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts, it seems that God doesn't take favorites of cities but where there are large numbers of souls mm -hmm. there's a release of the compassion mm -hmm. of god mm -hmm. because of the concentration of souls mm -hmm. and i believe the urban center it isn't like god doesn't care about a small rural community not at all every soul in every community if you're on a if you're in the middle of nowhere in some cabin somewhere you're not lost. No. But I feel there's an urgency that's coming from the heart of God. He's not willing that any should perish, Kevin. Mm -hmm. And I feel there is a stirring for a great harvest. And I think we're going to see in cities all over the world. Mm. There's devastation. Mm -hmm. There's poverty. There's crime. There's all the other dark stuff. But I have a sense... When we talk about urban, uh, a good working definition that I like for urban is high density, high diversity, and high disparity. Hmm. And, uh, you know, people argue over, well, is, is it urban or is it suburban? You know, they'll, they'll always want to, we're always looking to categorize, aren't we? Mm -hmm. But uh, but I like that definition because it speaks to um, the high concentration. You know, there's uh, population, there's yeah. there's cultural diversity, there's uh, there's there's that extreme disparity as well. You know, so um, when we talk about uh, Edmonton, uh, you, so you, again, you you came to. Uh, 
uh, fill in at, yeah. a, at a church and and you got tricked. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Twenty years later, you're still here in Edmonton. Um, tell us about uh, well before we talk about Edmonton, I just want to go off, uh, down a, a little rabbit trail here. Um, every time I see you, you're, you're wearing often a, a black shirt and, and a big silver oh, yeah. cross. Uh, <laughs> you look like an Orthodox priest, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, uh, that's that's part of the way you dress. Yeah. And uh, there's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, it's very unspiritual. But here's how it started. I was doing a prayer march in in Winnipeg. Great big snowstorm. We got snowed out. Uh, the place was shut down on Easter. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dave Fry, a friend of mine, he said, Bob. I know uh, Dave. Yeah. You know Dave? We said, we, we, we got you on. Uh, it's a new day tomorrow morning. And I said, okay. And I knew what it was. That was a Christian TV show. It's a Christian show TV Winnipeg. show, yeah. yeah. And what happened was whoever was supposed to be the guest couldn't make it. Oh. So I wasn't first choice. I was last minute get somebody on set, you know. <laughs> And that morning, I am like in the basement of Dave Fry's, and I'm praying, you know, thinking, okay, Lord, yeah. what should I talk about? And I, this verse comes to me. Why, for the sake of your tradition, do you disobey the commands of God? Hmm. I'm going, I don't disobey the commands of God. And then I'm thinking the next verse comes to me. I was a friend of sinners. Do you look like me? I'm going, well, I, I don't have time. I... I'm pastoring a church. I've got prayer meetings. I got like, I'm meeting with. I don't have time. And then Dave said, "Come on, it's time to go." Out we go, into the studio. The host greets me. Walter Teeson, Bob, what's God speaking to you about these days? I go, well, he was a friend of sinners, and I don't look like him. He turned around and says, "Okay, we'll make that the theme today." Off he goes onto the set. And today, we're going to talk to a pastor who feels he's not a friend of sinners. Stay tuned. I'm going like, like, what? You know, I'm on set, okay? Wired up. So, Bob. And I'm going, yeah, recently, like not, you know, 10 minutes ago, but yeah, yeah recently I've been convicted and la, la, la. And so what are you going to do about it? And I'm going, like, I don't know. The camera's rolling. Well, I'm going to go to where sinners are. Well, how are you going to do that? I went, it's just out of my mouth. I said, well, and I'm thinking, where are sinners? I said, I'll go to bars. Just, I'm a Pentecostal. I was raised in... You're just freestyling in the studio. Yeah, but... I'll go to bars. I'll go to bars. Kevin, yeah. you realize I'm holy Pentecostal. You don't go in a bar. If you go in a bar and Jesus comes, you're not leaving. <laughs> Pool halls, bowling alleys, bars. You don't get to go up. You're stuck. Yeah. And so I said, I'm going to bars. Oh... I ended up going, there's a longer story to this. I get back to Calgary, board member meets me, so I hear you're going to bars. I'm going, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I've never been in a bar. There's a big guy in our church, bodybuilder from Egypt. Mm -hmm. He's big, pipes on him like thighs. He comes to church Sunday in a tank top, mm -hmm. okay? And he sells roses in bars. His name is Asmi. And I said, uh, Asmi, can I go to the bar with you? He goes, sure, Pastor, come on. I'm thinking I'll go with him and just kind of find out what it's like. Kevin, we go into a bar. This is the story behind the cross. Come in. It's like a movie. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking I'm going to walk behind him to check it out. We go in. I can see the, the DJ's over there. He opens the door. It's like a movie. He goes, hey, everybody. And the bar <laughs> shut down. Everybody turns and looks. He goes, this is my pastor, Bob. 
I'm going, oh no, I wanted this to be just a cover, like not an announcement, you know? <laughs> he put a Coke in my hand, he said, don't drink it, walk around or nobody will, nobody will offer you a drink then. So I just walked around with this Coke all the time, like, don't anybody offer me a drink because I'm Pentecostal and I don't drink, you know? <laughs> I figured, I gotta do something. I gotta let them know, because I knew I gotta go. I went to a bookstore. This was in a little mm -hmm. pouch, black. They wanted a hundred bucks for a gold cross in a department store. Mm -hmm. I got this for 25 bucks, polished it off, put it on, would wear it when I go into bars, take it off when I'm not, put it mm -hmm. on, take mm -hmm. it off. One day I'm in a restaurant. This guy who used to work in the bar saw me, Brother Bob, because they used to call me Father, yeah. and I didn't want Father. So, Brother Bob. So, come on, I got a table for you. Pulls me in, looks at me. Hey, where's the cross? Ah, oh, it's just a costume. Ooh. I went, no. It's not a costume from today on. Hmm. I've worn it every day since then. Hmm. And Kevin, I get a chance to talk to people most every day. Mm -hmm. uh, got crazy stories, crazy stories. And uh, so, yeah, for over 25 years. Speaking of crazy, yeah. uh, you've all, some people uh, are into like vintage automobiles <laughs> and you know building hot rods and, and you know you, you, they're they're car guys, right? Well, you've had a, quite an interesting relationship with with your vehicles and used them in some unusual ways. Um, tell us about about your vehicles. Eventually, uh -huh. we're going to get back to Edmonton, but. <laughs> Uh, well, this, 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 I don't know if this episode is, we might have to have to have part one, two, three, four, five, because man, you got stories. Oh, tell me about all your vehicles. Oh, well, that uh, have, that have been, uh, used in yeah. the service of the Lord. Okay. Well, you know, one thing was, uh, I was preaching in Ottawa one time and, uh, somebody in a church was angry at another person in a church. I don't know. They didn't get along. And they took the stage that they had been using and dumped it off in his front yard. And it was a 30-foot, five, no, over five-ton arc was a stage. A, a trailer a that was like... There was no trailer. No arc. He dumped the, this big arc. It used to be on a trailer. Yeah. He dumped it off on his front yard. Oh. As sort of like... Take yeah, that. Take that. So yeah. this, guy's, this guy's got a 30-foot Noah's Ark stage on his... It was a stage, house. like it yeah. pops down. Yeah, it folds yeah. down. I remember so, that. Yeah, and so this pastor said, well, would you, do you think you could use that? I went, yeah, I'll use that. And so I went home, got my Ford LTD, found a trailer, a tandem accent trailer, drove it to Ottawa, tied the front of the car to the ark, and winched it up onto the trailer, <laughs> and drove home like, oh, <laughs> this ark. Well, you can't drive <laughs> pulling a 30-foot arc behind a car. They're not so, exactly aerodynamic. No. So no. I had to get a vehicle. And I found another Christian. Had a 1949 Greyhound bus. <laughs> bus. Arc. It'll work. Bought this arc, or bought this bus, gutted it out, put, you know, a little house in that. Actually, with a family of six, we lived in that bus as our house. Wow. Yeah. Parked at a Brayside camp, and that was our home. Hmm. Hooked up to the ark, and we would go, 
and that art drew crowds. I one time went on, on Parliament Hill. Mm -hmm. I was on the hill with the ark. I actually took off one of the lamps, one of the ornamental <laughs> lamps. Please don't tell the prime minister. I, I will try to make it right. It's okay. He's got it out of your taxes over many years. So, <laughs> so we've had that ark on there. Oh, that was one of them. Uh, so you would like pull in somewhere yeah. in a, a park or a parking lot or wherever and yeah, pop the stage it. down. Pop the stage down and you'd have an instant crowd. Yeah. Instant crowd. Yeah. And, you know, now, if there was a real hot band, you mm -hmm. know, or somebody who could play guitar, mm -hmm. that would have been such an asset. We'd always find them. We talked about that <laughs> back in the 80s. I was very seriously uh, toying with uh, praying about if I should go on the road with you and, <laughs> and uh, be one of the animals on the ark. <laughs> oh, well, Kevin, you know, serving the king... It's such a blast, as long as, you, yeah. you know, some people say, well, Bob, you know, you're out of the box. I said, you know, I've never even found a box. Like, <laughs> I can't even find one, let alone get in it. And and I don't try. I don't yeah. try. I really don't. So, next vehicle. Okay, well, there have been several, but the, i got to tell you the one that's so much fun right now. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I um, went to baptize somebody who was in a wheelchair, mm -hmm. and we couldn't get him into the baptismal. So I'm going to build a baptismal that we could just lift him into. Mm -hmm. So this carpenter guy, friend of mine, he built this gorgeous baptismal out of two by eight uh, cedar and sealed it. It was gorgeous. Hmm. Uh, and But in my trailer, I was going to bounce around and get How smashed. How big was it? Like eight big enough long? to lay somebody down? Yeah, eight feet long. It's uh, three feet wide, two feet high hmm. with a lid. It looks like a casket. We got, you know... Yeah. Things down this side, so it's three guys to carry it down in, and wow. it sort of like the dying Christ, you know, yeah. come out resurrection. Yeah, it's really good. And on the lid, it's repent, be baptized, everyone in the name of Jesus. Yeah, and so, so uh, you put that on a trailer and drag yeah, it around. Yeah, I was doing yeah. that. We baptized him, it was great. Then other people wanted to be baptized, but it was going to get wrecked. Mm -hmm. and so one day, I'm praying in my little prayer study. And it was kind of around midnight, and I'm going, oh, Lord, I love you, I love you. And I felt, go on Kijiji and look for a hearse. <laughs> I'm going, Bob, focus, focus, you're supposed to be praying. You know, so I'm going like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Lord Jesus, I love you, I love you. Go on Kijiji and look for a hearse. Bob, get a grip. Like, come on. Third time, I went, and I was angry. I was like, oh, hearse. Ding. In Nova Scotia, a 1996 Cadillac hearse. Hmm. I'm not a undertaker. I'm a chaplain. I'm looking for something for a baptismal. If you're interested, let me know. I looked and went, hey, that was only posted a couple of hours. Three o'clock in the morning. Who posts a hearse three o'clock in the morning? Who prays for a hearse at three o'clock in the morning? That's right. It's like, this is a joke. It can't be happening. Six in the morning, I get a reply. Are you serious about the hearse? I'm going, yeah, you're not an undertaker. No, I'm talking to him. And the Lord gave me a price to give him. Mm -hmm. It was less than half of what he's asking. I said, the Lord told me that's all I can give you, so that's all I can offer you. Mm -hmm. And he said, you're not an undertaker. I said, no. He said, okay, it's yours. Now I have to go into the house and tell my wife, <laughs> we just bought a hearse. And I'm going, I don't know, how do I do that, you know? Karen, we just bought a hearse. Like, what? And I thought, what if it's a joke? Like, 
what if it's not real? So I had a friend in Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. I called him and said, do you know this funeral home? He goes, it's 10 minutes from where I work. I said, can you check it out? He calls me back laughing, Bob, you got a deal, get it, get it. Why? He says, it's got a Corvette engine in it, man. The engine's <laughs> worth more than you paid for the car. It's got 350 horsepower. I'm going, really? Yeah. Brought it, shipped it. Uh, another businessman put these wheels on it that were more than I paid for the hearse. Mm -hmm. Now we deckled it up, and I drive to my next baptismal in a hearse. Uh, it is amazing. I got Jesus... Uh, you know, signs on it, he's resurrected, and I put pipes on it, Kevin. You can't drive a Cadillac that sounds like it has to be, this has got growl, it's got teeth in her. And I, I, I shouldn't say this, but <clears throat> Jesus, this is a confession, I blew away a Mazda at the lights. <laughs> I did. This kid comes up beside me, boom, boom, I went, don't do that, don't do that. And I had to. I just put yeah. her down. He had 50 feet on me, but I whipped yeah. by that guy and go, tell your mama you got blown away by a hearse. Come on. <laughs> you know, Kevin, serving Jesus is absolutely a riot. So the... We baptized 39 people one day in that in the Catholic Church. With the, the, With the hearse. Baptismal hearse. Pulled the hearse up, backed up, wheeled her out, mm -hmm. put her down. 39 people. Wow. Confess Christ as their Savior and were baptized. Wow. We've gone to First Nations mm -hmm. communities, do house baptisms. Oh, can mm -hmm. I tell you one more quick one? Yeah. You can cut this out if you need to. The guy who built this the, is this is raw and unedited. Yeah, the guy who built the thing, the the her the hearse, he built the hearse and the casket for me. He'd never been baptized. He was kind of mm -hmm. rough on the edges. Mm -hmm. I said, Al, you need to be baptized. He goes, Yeah. He's going to get baptized in my home, okay? February. We pump out the hot tub into the there. It's like it's freezing steam coming off. This is Edmonton. This was in Calgary this time. Oh, this was in Calgary. Yeah, yeah. we went back for this. We were yeah. in Edmonton that went back there. Yeah. February. He calls all the neighbors in. So we got neighbors there. And there's guys there, you know, drinking beer, got a can of beer. And, and they're standing around to witness the baptism, the neighbors. I'm going, okay, it's a little bit different, but anyways. And I said, so Al, have you repented of your sins? Yes. Do you renounce the devil and all his works? Yes. And the guy holds up his beer and goes, go for it, Al! <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, I'll take that as an, I said, I'll take that as an amen. Come on, Al. And we baptized him with a can of beer in the air. Go for it, Al. Yeah. And after, for over an hour, Kevin, mm. I had children in the neighborhood and people asking me about Jesus and salvation mm -hmm. around that one baptism. Yeah. So yeah, the hearse has been a, it's been a really amazing vehicle for, and now, can I tell you my last one? Here's the yeah. last one, just in case there's time. I got this uh, Hummer mm -hmm. and uh, story is I go back by this junkyard, there's this, uh, Islamic owner, um, and I felt go in there and get a bumper for this thing. I went, oh, I got a bumper. What do I need a bumper? Get a bumper. Go in, big bumper. Mm -hmm. It's like it. It's one of those you know I don't know bull bar things. Yeah. So we put this bull bar thing on. Like a it, SWAT vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This one. This will take out three moose, and mm -hmm. and then I felt put an awning on it. 
okay, I'm doing all this and I don't have a purpose. I so got the where, bumper. Where'd you put the extra bumper? Right on the front. Oh, okay. So now so you got front, like now I got super bumper. Oh, I got super bumper. I yeah. clean it off, put this bumper on, put a tire on it. But it's like it's a guy thing. Yeah. Out west, if you're a guy, you got a guy vehicle, yeah. people will listen to you. I couldn't Some, drive around there in my Prius, could I? I might be, you might have trouble in traffic. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I got this awning. I threw this awning on the side. I thought, well, it'd be kind of like, you know, you could do talks. What color is your Hummer? Black. Black Hummer Black with a Hummer. double bumper and an awning. Awning? A, like a trailer rollout awning. Yeah. Yeah. Just attached to the side. And then I felt, take your... I've got a barbecue, like a, not a barbecue, but a fire pit. Yeah. I got a propane fire pit. Mm-hmm. And I like, everybody likes campfire, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I go to the streets, throw out the awning, drop down the fire pit, throw up some camping chairs. People will wait two hours in those chairs for me to pray with them. Come two on. hour wait. Come on. Pretty much every prayer clinic. So I just throw up a sign, prayer clinic, and now people come. And uh, again, I gotta t- I gotta tell you a story. If there's time, here, listen to this. First girl I pray for. Okay, so we're just did it. Set up the fire. Going, yeah. Okay, line up. First girl come in. Street homeless. So homeless girl downtown. In uh, in Edmonton. In Edmonton. Mm-hmm. So how how can I pray for you? She said, Well, can you pray that I could get off of meth? I went, Yeah. I said, can I put my hand on your shoulder? She said, okay, because, you know, there are street yeah. people. Can you do that? So yeah. put my hand on her shoulder. My yeah. wife is there praying. And I'm starting to pray, Lord, I pray you'd have mercy on her. I can't remember the exact words, but something, you know. like As I'm praying for her, this girl starts going, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. I'm going, this is a homeless girl. Uh... This is a homeless girl. She's got to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. She's a spirit-filled, born-again Christian living on the street. Addicted to addicted meth. Addicted to meth. Yeah. And as I'm praying for her, she says, pray for my mom. Pray for my friends. I'm going like, oh my. First person. Mm. Few people in. An older gentleman sits there. 72 years old. I'll never get this. How can I pray for you? Well, he says... I used to be a pastor, but a few years ago my wife died, and I don't have a church anymore. And uh, if I just live in my car downtown, it was about close to 40 below that day in Edmonton, living in his car. Oh my. And I went to pray for him, and as I went to pray for him, you hear, smash! He jumps up, somebody just smashed the window in my car! trying to break into his car because all his stuff was in that car a homeless person who was a pastor 72 years old 72 years old Jesus said I was poor yeah you fed me yeah we actually fed him and looked after him I'm going Kevin like I had such the wrong idea of homeless you know you said destitute you know it's yes there is the destitute, and but they're not always the people we think. No. Now, one last one. Praying with one guy, as I prayed with him, a homeless man shook my hand, said thank you, and I felt something in my hand. Homeless. 
He knew he's homeless. Look at him. He's been sleeping in that coat. Took my hand away. He put $10 in my hand. I wanted to go, no. And I felt Lord say, don't you, don't you deny him the privilege of giving. I said, thank you, sir. Thank you. That was the hardest $10 mm. I received, but it was probably the holiest $10. Mm. And uh, I got more stories. The um, uh, Bible distributor. What about that guy? Tell me about that one. The Bible distributor? Yeah. That's the guy with the $10. Oh, that was the same the guy. The guy, yeah. the $10. Wait, so tell us about that. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to give you his name, but yeah. uh, anyways, I'll tell him Igor. His name isn't Igor. <laughs> Igor, you know, like, wow. I said, can I give you a Bible? He says, can I have some for my friends? Sure. <laughs> so I'm a Gideon. I gave him some Gideon Bibles. And every time he'd get more Gideon Bibles, and he's giving them out to street people and homeless and everything. Yeah. And the person from Home Mission or uh, Hope Mission said, Bob, I've never seen so many people downtown Edmonton sitting on steps and everything all over the place reading Bibles. <laughs> He's a, he became an evangelist. <laughs> he ended up one day finding a bus, getting a bus to a Gideon meeting so he could get some Gideon Bibles. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, you, people don't realize the incredible generosity uh, among the poorest. Yeah. Oh. Their willingness to go the extra mile and to care for their neighbors. Unmatchable. The widow's might happens today. Yeah. Like that $10, Kevin. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was all he had, but that was a lot of what he had. Yeah. And Jesus said, that woman gave more than everybody else. Mm. You know, I wonder, Igor, I'll tell his name, I wonder what his reward's going to be in heaven, eh? Yeah. Wonder, wonder what status he's going to have. He's going to get a double bumper Hummer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with an awning <laughs> and a fireball. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Scream those tires on the gold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One more uh, thing I want to ask you about. Um, and and then uh, and then I want to you to tell us how people can get and get a hold of you. Uh, but uh, um, part of your uh, time in Edmonton, you came to fill in at a church. You pastored there for a while, uh, but then you became a chaplain yeah. at the West Edmonton Mall, uh, the Marketplace Chapel, and uh, you did that for few years didn't yeah, you? Yeah, well, 12 years now. 12 years and then that, that also involves another vehicle you had a <laughs> had a rascal yeah, that's right. that you drove around the mall in. Yeah. You needed to right? You had a bad oh, hip I, or something. I broke yeah. my pelvis one day falling yeah. out of the Hummer. <laughs> oh yeah, I missed the running board <laughs> and too proud had onto the steering wheel. Yeah. Fell and went under the Hummer, fell down, bang on my, oh, my posterior and too proud to admit that it hurt so I'm getting up, oh I'm okay, I'm okay. I should have gone to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you got a rascal. I did, well, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I cruise around. I got uh, Harley stickers on, and I got a little, you know, uh, case in the back that I give with some Bibles, and yeah. people keep, take pictures, and I pray with people. Yeah. Just people. At West Edmonton Mall. At West Edmonton Mall. Mall. Okay, tell us about the chapel. Well, the chapel's been there for over 30 years, mm -hmm. and uh, it's actually a, it's not multi-faith, 
but mm -hmm. it's multicultural. Again, urban mm -hmm. setting. Mm -hmm. You've got diversity. Mm -hmm. We got people from all over the world who come there, and and uh, we have visitors. I've I prayed with people from countries all over. Mm. They will be walking by and see a place to pray, and they stop in. So it's a it's an act like an, a storefront in it's the mall. It's a storefront, yeah. Yeah. It's a storefront, and we have a little room there. It's called the prayer room. It's got mm -hmm. a big cross, a little kneeler, and I just sit there, just like we're doing here right now. Mm -hmm. And I just say to people, "So how can I pray with you?" And then I listen. Kevin, I believe that God has called us to live pure lives as Christians. I believe that. But he loved us while we were still sinners. Mm -hmm. Jesus loves sinners. Yes, he does. And if we love Jesus, we love sinners. Yeah. So, Kevin, I want you to know, I have some very good transgender friends mm -hmm. who are living celibately now, mm -hmm. following Christ. That's amazing. Yeah. And I love them. Yeah. I care for them. I have homosexual friends. Mm -hmm. They're my, fr I will call them my friends. Yeah. And you know what? Some of them aren't free. But I have actually some Christians who've committed adultery. Mm -hmm. They've actually run around and, you know, they've slept together before they got married. They've slept with other people since they got married. You know, I'm still their friends. Yeah. Jesus doesn't excuse sinful activity. Go and sin no more. But he actually touched the lepers. Mm -hmm. He spoke to them. I believe that's who we're all supposed to be today. Not just a Bob. Yeah. And not just in big cities. Yeah. There isn't a human being of any background, any birth, whatever. God says, I don't, no, nah, I don't like them. No, no, no. Everyone. Yeah. And I know you know that. May may it be said that the only thing they really knew about us was that we are followers of Jesus because we loved. Yeah. Bob, uh, so so great to connect oh. with you and <laughs> and share stories. And uh, I I think we got to get you back on for another episode sometime. I'd love to. And uh, how can people uh, find you on the web? Where what's the best way if if you want to contact Bob Gal? Well, uh, you just, just go to brotherbob.com. Brotherbob.com. Yeah, brotherbob.com. And uh, you go there and you can get everything else. Mm -hmm. um, I have a 24-7 prayer line mm -hmm. that people just call and um, it gets answered. And then I pray for people. Yeah. So yeah. praying with people is the biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, you can also go to, if you want to email, just uh, brotherbobg at mm -hmm. gmail.com. Okay. And, and you're also on Facebook. Yeah, I'm on Facebook, yep. yep. Very good. Yeah. Bob, uh, I'm always enriched uh, spending time uh, with you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's been good to be here, Kevin. Yep. Biker Angels. Double Bumper Hummer Prayer Station. Say that five times real fast. A baptismal hearse. I, I told you, this could be a reality TV show. Bob is one of those risk takers at the fringe and yet a man who has an incredible effect one-on-one -on -one with people. Uh, Bob's a Mission Canada worker and we'll link to his donate page in our show notes so be sure to check out our show notes. For our next episode we're going back to Toronto. Uh, we're going to meet Cheryl Walsh who's going to tell us about urban trends in Canada. She's done a fair bit of research on urban trends as part of her work with Bible League Canada. 
she is married to E.J. Tupé and together with her baby girl, they're living the lives of urban missionaries on Queen Street East in Toronto. She's got some great insights into where the nation is heading on the urban front. So if you like uh, Sidewalk Skyline, why not subscribe uh, and hear more about God's Heroes in Canada. You can find out everything you need to know at our website, sidewalkskylinepodcast.com. You can subscribe on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Facebook, Google Play, and YouTube. And if you want to contact me, you can find me on our website, on Facebook, on Twitter. And I'd love to hear what you think about what we're doing. Well, until next time, keep one ear to God and the other ear to the ground in your city. I'm Kevin Rogers, and this is Sidewalk Skyline.